welcome back to the Tune Lighting Podcast, the podcast where we are attempting to write and record an album from scratch in just one year. I'm here, as always, with Jack, my bandmate and co-host. Jack, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. I've uh, spent the day reorganizing the uh, the studio, kind of get a bit of... Uh, it's one of those where... It's, when it started off, it felt like, is this just resistance? Am I just uh, doing this to get away from uh, from doing any music? But actually, I think it was well needed. It was a bit chaotic um, after a couple of uh, long sessions of recording. But um, in my tidying up, I've made a bit of a, a alteration, which I think could be uh, pretty revolutionary for the uh, <laughs> for the studio. I'm listening. <laughs> So I found in a drawer um, an old monitor, a computer monitor, um, and an old like monitor arm that you can put the monitor on and attach it to like various things. So it looks quite futuristic, this monitor arm thing. Um, and it made me think, I've been, I have, I have this keyboard stand. I'll, I'll upload a picture of this to, uh, to Instagram or social media. I have a um, a keyboard stand which I bought, which has my MIDI keyboard and then two synthesizers in like a big tower, which it looks really cool in the studio. But actually, since I've done it, I've just never never use it because it's slightly over the other side of the room, uh, and I like to be able to see the the DAW the door uh, when I'm recording on the synth. Uh, so the fact that it's a bit away from the my main computer monitor meant that I've just not been really using any of them. <laughs> so that's all it takes. Uh, but I've with this new monitor, I've managed to kind of attach it to the keyboard stand, and uh, then link that to my laptop with a little, um, basically a, a thing that where I can change from my main monitor on my desk to this new monitor. So now, with just the click of a button when I'm recording. If I want to go and do some keyboards, I can just press this button and then I can go over to the keyboards and then the door screen will appear on this second monitor right next to the keyboards. Yeah, so moral of the story is check your drawers. Yeah. See if you've got anything hidden away. Yeah, not only did I you know, save the environment slightly by not you know, casting another slightly broken monitor to the uh, to landfill, but uh, yeah, also helped helped out in the recording process. So yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. I'll, I'll upload a picture of it so you can see what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, half the battle of writing and recording music is making your studio look cool. I think yeah. so. So have you uh, been progressing with anything? I've been doing a few bits and pieces. My studio regretfully looks exactly the same, oh. but I have uh, worked on a few songs, one of which is a song from a few months ago that I've been trying to get to completion. And the other is uh, a completely new one that I started from scratch and uh, in one productive evening got it most of the way finished. Um, you get into the flow, the creative flow. I did a bit. You go around, you're like jumping from instrument to instrument and uh, <laughs> everything's going great. And then it gets to like 3am and you listen back the next day. You're like, what the hell is this? What have I done? 
I'm pleased to report that it still stood up reasonably well in the cold light of day. But I think I found a new way to combat uh, resistance because I'd we'd sort of had a discussion um, the other week about... I said I was going to focus on looking at uh, various things to do with vocals, which will be the theme of our episode today. And I wasn't going to write any more songs until I'd kind of sussed that out a bit. Um, lo and behold, I obviously built up a bit of resistance to sorting out the <laughs> vocal thing and ended up writing a completely new song instead. But, you know, I think that's a positive kind of... Um, positive resistance. Diversion, yeah. Well, that's good. That's, so, so you've made a psychological breakthrough, which uh, yeah, I've made a workflow breakthrough, you've made a psychological breakthrough. Uh, all just as important as breakthroughs all over a shop. <laughs> amazing. Well, yeah. So you said that you haven't really been progressing with what you said you were going to, which is this um, this topic that we've touched on towards the end of the last episode about vocals and lyrics and this kind of wall that we've hit a, a bit in terms of figuring out where we go in this project from on that kind of on that front um, yeah so yeah it's probably time that we had an episode about it and we hopefully will sort it out in this short 20 30 minutes <laughs> and uh it'll all be fine that, that, that would be lovely <laughs> i'm predicting it might take a bit longer but uh let's let's try and tell everyone what we're thinking so yeah where's a good place to start why is singing important, Jack? What do you? Why is why are vocals in so much music? Why is it the, is it the main focus of of so much music? I guess. I mean, interesting little fact to start us off, which you may or may not know. Is this is probably common knowledge to be honest, but I didn't realize this. Apparently, singing predates talking. I guess I can imagine that can make noises. Yeah. Before you can make words, I suppose. So it was like uh, they reckon humans imitating animals and noises in nature. Bird song, obviously, being a a key one. Harmony and and vocals, I guess, in some one way or another, are, are all around us in in nature. So, yeah, apparently, it was quite a quite a long time before we decided to start communicating using talking that uh, communicated using singing. So. It's not, it's not like it's a new thing, this singing <laughs> business. So, yeah, okay. So we'll... we'll let's let's backtrack a little bit. Um, Rob was saying at the end of the last episode, we've hit a bit of a wall. We've got a bunch of songs, uh, some of which are up to a fairly respectable level of completion. Uh, but we're not finished. And one of the reasons they're not finished, um, and one of the reasons we kind of feel we can't take them any further is because we don't have uh, vocals on them. And that led us to uh, discussing if and how we even need vocals. I think uh, both of us, uh, we've done some demos where we've both, um, we've both sung a bit on our, our tracks and I think it's fair to say neither of us have the world's worst voices, um, but not the world's best voices either. And I think 
as a lot of people do, we get self-conscious about our singing voices and we want the album to be as good as possible and we start kind of questioning are our own voices going to cut the mustard? Um, and that's a kind of a decision you need to make sooner rather than later because um, it affects the songs you write. If you're doing instrumental songs, then um, the whole structure of the things, uh, structure of each song changes. the the mix of each uh, the mix of each instrument in the song, the amount of instruments you put in, because um, you can't leave space for singing, you're allowed to fill all the space. Um, all these things mean that we kind of need to make a decision. And the first decision was, are we going to have vocals? And the second decision is, how are we going to achieve this? And I think we're leaning towards, yes, we are going to have vocals. Yeah, um, I think we toyed, we, we did kind of toy with the idea of, a completely instrumental album but i think so much of the music that we both like you know, i'm a big fan of a lot of instrumental music but i think a lot of the the music i always would like to replicate more is music which has vocals in some form um i think there's just something about about having vocals in music that just makes it that little bit more interesting and it's the uh, the ability to to tell a story i guess to to i mean it's very impressive when someone pulls it off with instrumental music being able to have a narrative or a story or or, or kind of um conjure up imagery using the music but i think it just it just gives you it's just a tool that gives you so so much more you can do when you utilize that tool i think we both kind of think that don't we that it's, yeah uh, i think it's a cool thing that if you can do it right you can do it well I, th- I think the inclusion of lyrics in a song is um, is a whole new level of interest and gives you know a whole new level of meaning, uh, which can elevate a track. Um, and yeah, there's some very ordinary instrumentals that are uh, completely changed by the, the lyrics that go on top of them. Um, and also, I guess, just having, you can sing along to any part, of course, but have, as a, as a listener singing along to, to lyrics is, uh, or vocals without lyrics, I guess is, is a big part of, uh, what we enjoy. So we both kind of talked about this and concluded that's how we feel, but I was interested to know if that's how everyone feels. I went away, did a bit of scientific research, you know, don't, uh, <laughs> this podcast is getting more and more highbrow by the week but i uh went had a little look on google scholar <laughs> and nice. uh, found i didn't, a, I didn't a know paper. google scholar was a thing well it is it's, uh, it probably doesn't reflect well on me but <laughs> um yeah it's google search engine for finding scientific papers um and i found a paper on there which uh, sounded like it might be interesting and it was titled the relevance of vocals in the minds of listeners and in this scientific survey they'd asked a number of people i can't remember what the exact number was but it was quite a lot i seem to remember uh, to get a sort of sample size of what people think are the most important things in music what makes them listen to certain bands and certain things uh, and they got everyone to rank things in uh, in a certain order so there were seven different things that they listed 
where do you think vocals, uh, the voice, sorry, ranked in that in that top seven? Hmm. Or maybe I should give you the seven, and you could. Yeah, go on. You can try, try and uh, try and rank them and see how close you get. So there was um, the complexity of the music. There was the beat slash rhythm. There was the lyrics. There's the emotion of the music, how it makes me feel. The voice, so the the quality of the voice. Uh, the overall sound, I don't know what that means, but yeah, just the, the sound. <laughs> and uh, the melody uh, is the final one. So yeah, in that list Interesting, things, interesting, because <laughs> I guess... Usually, lyrics and melody will both be conveyed by the vocals, but is it the actual voice that people care about? I'm—I don't know. Is what do you think is number one of the in the list anyway? Is it the, the emo- emotion or something like that? Emotion, emotion was number one in the. It came out quite, um, yeah, quite uh, categorically number one uh, by quite a way. Um, yeah, the emotion that people, how it makes people feel, I guess, was was the primary thing. Yeah, I can't disagree with that really. Um, I don't think complexity will be too high up. I mean, some no. people might value that, but number five, uh, rhythm, I would have thought would be higher. Four, yeah, <laughs> four, correct. Yeah, number the four? rhythm okay. comes in at number four. I think melody is probably probably high, quite high as well. Melody actually came in at six. Did it? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Interesting. Can't remember all the other ones then. Where was voice then? Was it number two yeah, or so, was it number? So voice was number was it, yeah, voice was number two, and lyrics was number three. Right. So pretty high up in the list of what people regard as uh, important in music. But I guess that's the thing. If you can get the emotion in there without needing the voice, then yeah. <laughs> it's fine but it's they're mm. high up they're obviously important to a, a lot of people yeah and obviously some of them will inform the others like a voice can definitely convey emotion yeah and then they went on to ask uh, a follow-up question to that i don't know whether they asked this question after they got the answers to the first one or whether they were always going to ask this one but they asked the same group of people within vocals what do they um value the highest out of uh, you know, what makes the vocals good for them uh, and the things they had to rank were the message the lyrical skill <laughs> the authenticity um, how well the voice matches the music uh, the singer's talent or skill and the uniqueness or originality those were, they were asked to rank those six things what do you think came out number one? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, the fact that vocals or the voice was ranked above lyrics makes me think it's not going to be anything to do with lyrics or skill of that sort of thing. Um, I guess it'll either be, it'll either be, was emotion one of them again? It'll either be that no. or it'll be, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it could be the skill of, the, it'll either be the uniqueness or the skill of the singer. Probably Interestingly, uniqueness was ranked last, but singing skill, skill of the singer, was ranked number one. Hmm. Followed by how well the voice matches the music was number two. So 
um i guess you could kind of yeah there's there's a lot of we can talk about this in a, in a bit but how there's certain vocalists that probably wouldn't work if they weren't in their very specific genre uh then followed by lyrical skill then message then authenticity <laughs> and then uniqueness so we don't need to be authentic or unique <laughs> it's, it's the conclusion of this not even sure what authenticity means in this context, but uh, I think yeah, it was, I think it means to do with the yeah the lyrical. I imagine it's to do with the lyrical content and the yeah whether it feels like it's just not some not if someone's put, putting on a different voice or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, a long way, a long winded way of saying that this survey of people concluded that voice is clearly important to people. Uh, and so are lyrics and the skill is also important so yeah that was annoying because i was kind of hoping i would read it and think that people would say that vocals aren't that important or if they are that the skill is definitely not important yeah. and, <laughs> unfortunately that, that, that would have been ideal it's not the case what's but, the, what's the sample you know, size <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that one i'm not sure five or something <laughs> yeah i mean i, I, I do i know it is true i've heard people say and it's hard to look past um that vocals are so important when you listen to a track and that you can have all sorts going on underneath them but usually the vocals will be loudest in the mix so you can hear what they're saying and you notice them before you notice any other part really so interestingly with singing skill ranked uh, so highly amongst people apparently why do, do we i mean i can think of several examples um of singers who have done very well uh, and would probably not be classified as uh, having a very high level of singing skill but from a, a music teacher or a singing te- coach so makes things more interesting i guess and more complex i mean i i uh, i googled um worst singers of all time just to see if there was any interesting articles and the bbc actually did an article of who they thought were the 10 worst singers that have made it big uh, and top of that list was bob dylan and he's obviously done pretty bob, well for yeah himself. bob bob dylan's a classic classic example isn't he of um a guy who's not got incredible range or incredible like incredibly strong voice, um, but he carries it off for a couple of reasons. A, because his lyrics are so strong, um, and that when you're a songwriter that good, then the story's doing the bulk of the work. Mm. But B, he he has he does have his own uh, his own unique style, um, which does I think uh, match the music like that. Um, which was one of the criteria in that survey. And yeah, I guess it's one of one of those countless examples of people who the first couple of times you hear him, you might think, Well, this is this isn't very good, is it? This guy needs to learn how to sing. <laughs> but not very long after that you get used to it and look past it and realise that actually it's you know, it's good enough to do the job so is it a case then that if you're not a great singer you have to back that up with great lyrics and so yeah you basically have to fill in one of the other columns to make up for it so it has to be 
great musical content, great lyrical content. Yeah, one of the, one of those kind of other categories has to make up for the uh, like a lack of yeah, skill. maybe. I mean, it, it certainly helps if the um, the music or the lyrics or some part that's not the singing is really strong. It's not just a case of making up for it with other parts that aren't the vocals. It's making up for it with within the vocals and finding something else about the vocals that isn't just, say, the range of your voice or the strength of your voice or, um, you know, how often you can hit the right notes. And we've already had in Emotion a good example of uh, something, one of the other kind of categories that can uh, augment a voice to make it uh, to make it work. Um just having a really unique voice, even though the survey didn't seem to uh, rate it that highly. <laughs> I think. Up, but from, from maybe, yeah, I mean, don't, we don't know who they asked. It's all about who you're targeting as your your target audience and the, the type of people that you might want to listen are the, maybe the kind of people that do value originality or value other things over, you know, the, the, the research was, was framed in a way of, you know, if you're approaching it from, just all genres pop music for example the the quality of the singer in pop music is is often regarded much higher you know there's it often is from a singing a lot of the pop artists were kind of don't even write their own music they they're lyricists at heart or they're they're not lyricists they're they're singers first and foremost and they exactly i don't i don't want to be too kind of stereo to pigeonhole uh genres too much but when you get the whole kind of um x-factor pop idol american idol whatever craze none of that's about writing songs it's all covers and it's all about the performance and the technical ability of the voice the judges are sitting there saying oh you're a bit flat there you've got you know you've got your bad habits and your voice your voice isn't strong enough for this chorus it's all about the kind of conventionally good singers and showcasing them Uh, whereas if you've got little quirks you're maybe less likely to do well um but there's plenty of bands like the bob dylan thing you hear them for the first time you think is this is this guy for real is he putting on that voice bands like alt j i think have got really kind of uh idiosyncratic vocal styles um billy corgan was the one that i always remember as a kid when i first heard the smashing pumpkins when i was quite young and I was, not I wouldn't say offended, that's probably too far, but it definitely was uncomfortable almost to listen to the first when I was younger, uh, but I grew to love it. So we've talked about this in the past of whether some, some type of things that you listen to the first few times can actually end up being your favourite things because they're more unique and you have to give them a little bit more time. Yeah, but you certainly, one thing you don't do is kind of forget, um, forget that voice. You don't mistake them for someone else. Uh, so that's I think that's an advantage if you can be original in some way but again is that something like having a technically strong voice that's not something everyone has not someone not everyone is born with a really unique voice either even if it's not the most um, pretty to listen to shall we say yeah I'd say that's almost probably more of our our problem our singing voices aren't awful but we there isn't that obvious yeah, there isn't a. Yeah, I don't sound like Bob Dylan, basically. <laughs> Maybe that's that's our problem. We don't sound like Bob Dylan. Yeah, I mean, I, 
to put it in really kind of simple terms we sort of feel you've either got to have a technically strong voice or you've got to have an interesting voice in some way and one one of the two is fine um two of both having both of them at once is great but if you don't feel you've got either of those things if you've got quite kind of conventional i feel i've got quite a boring voice speaking voice and singing voice (laughs) um and it's trying to trying to make something interesting out of that is tricky bearing that in mind we've both got okay voices but we're just not that happy with how it's adding to the music how it's complementing the music what examples are there out there that you can think of which uh which maybe we could we could look at that might do things slightly differently um to uh, what what do what techniques of artists and bands used that you can think of that maybe we can we can take note from so there's a few (laughs) few different options i can think of um the first the first ones are completely ditching off ourselves as vocalists and uh bringing in a guest vocalist or multiple guest vocalists as plenty of established acts do particularly kind of uh dance producers will often have um maybe we'll do instrumentals as well but when they have got vocals in a track they'll bring in one or more or more friends from outside uh to do the job um so that would be an option enough connections in the music industry though that's the issue (laughs) (laughs) well we we probably can't can't get the a-listers just yet but we may be listening any a-listers out there um (laughs) i don't know if i want a-listers i want like a nice c lister c or d lister yeah who's out there listening that'd be nice yeah, we don't want to sell out before we've even <laughs> first track bought in. Like... <laughs> Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, is, is that an example of yeah? Which which list is Rick Astley in? It's got a great voice. Uh, um. <laughs> so yeah, first option is get Rick Astley. Yeah. Um. Another, if or we could get kind of sample vocals. Uh, which does sort of open a can of worms in terms of um, copyright. copyright. But there are, there are obviously acts who will chop up vocals from singers in the past, maybe not even singers, maybe you know famous speeches or something. Um, public service broadcasting, public, a good example. Of good, a yeah, who... good example, yeah. So the, vo- the vocals um, are prominent in their songs, what would otherwise be instrumentals but they've found a way of compiling kind of archive recordings usually from sort of 50 to 100 years ago kind of old old timey radio broadcasts and things like that if anyone hasn't listened to them yeah definitely check them out british band public service broadcasting they each album has a different theme i think so it might be one on like the space race i I know it was one Uh, so every track will have kind of sampled vocals from from that but i kind of feel like they've filled that niche in my mind and i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't feel yeah, like yeah, it, was, it was a good that. it was a good niche um yeah 
I would definitely, definitely want to. up in a lot of um, yeah, a lot of dance music and stuff. People use stuff like that. I know a lot of. Um, I've seen quite a few people um, taking lyrics because obviously with YouTube and things like that now, there's a, a whole library out there of stuff to to uh, choose from. And I know there's a lot of acapella singing on YouTube, and I've definitely seen people taking that using it in songs and then but sending them a message directly on youtube because they're obviously they could just be some just person singing at home uh just for the fun of it <laughs> not a celebrity in any way so just um sending them a message saying do you mind if i use your acapella track so you know that's that's something that's definitely um increasing in popularity and uh it, it's it would make it be a way of making things sound quite unique but i, I don't know if i would feel I don't know how I would feel about using uh, or completely sampled lyrics or having a, a guest vocalist who's not part of the band uh, on all the time. I don't know whether that would take away from the feeling of the of the album or the feeling of it over of ownership. Of yeah, if we, if we wanted to do it all by ourselves, then I guess that would have to include vocals as well. So that's a that's a downside. The other downside being obviously the logistics of it, finding someone and getting them to commit and having to direct them to do it exactly how we wanted. So if we didn't go down one of those routes, then we're back with using our own voices. But there are obviously things we can do to our voices to try and make them sound more interesting. And there's a lot of that going on in music, popular music these days. You get things like Auto-tune obviously has been going on for a while to turn even the worst singers into, you know, someone capable of holding a melody, but other techniques as well, um, pitching up vocals, distorting vocals, all kinds of effects. Mm. Auto-tune has become an instrument in its own right on a lot of modern music. Yeah, people use it really in really arty ways. Um, and I think it's it has largely become viewed as such as like an artistic tool rather than just a, a sticking plaster to put over your your weak voice um and interestingly even singers with really like genuinely technically very good voices and interesting voices use these techniques a lot you get people like uh bon Iver, james blake frank ocean um billy eilish all these people frequently turn to effects to add even more another layer of interest to uh, already strong voices which does make me wonder if at the end of the day you still need to have a really good voice underneath it all but i think this i do think you can get quite far with tactful use of effects and that's certainly something that i'm experimenting with at the moment yeah, and I, th I think it's amazing what just a few effects in the production process can do to a pretty dry vocal. Always makes me worry, like, oh god, what I'm going to get caught out one day when I have to go and uh, play live. <laughs> as long as you have that vocal chain set up, on yeah, live well, set up, then it's uh, it's fine. Filing that under cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's it. You kind of obviously we've done a few demo tracks and just thrown vocals in there, but you think. You know, I've heard so many demos um, that people have played on podcasts or other things and and they've played the demo vocal. You know, oh, God, that sounds awful. And then they throw on a load of 
got effects and things like that and it sounds like a proper studio vocal take so there's a lot of that to think about as well uh you know it's it's hard to see past the demo vocal if you uh yeah without spending a lot of time tweaking it um in the production process and so i guess the the other options i could think of um still using our own voices if we weren't to go down a really kind of effects heavy route that was kind of making our our voices unrecognizable or significantly altered and we tried to use them in a more natural more clean way then it's about trying to uh maximize what we've got already play to your strengths play to our strengths yeah which is something I guess a lot of bands don't really think about this to start with, and certainly we haven't thought about it much in the past. Things like writing in a key that suits your voice um, and recognising that your voice sounds better in a certain uh, register or it sounds better singing certain rhythms or over certain types of backing tracks. It blends in better. Um you quite often might try and copy, I mean, I know I'm guilty of trying to, I'll, I'll write a song and then I'll hear the melody in my head, probably try, trying to mimic a, an artist that I could imagine it, it you know, having the track. And then I'll try and do something similar and it just won't sound right. And that's because, like say, it's probably not playing to my strengths. It might not be in my right the right key. I'm sure the melody would sound great if it was that person singing it, but it's... Uh, it's um, not quite there with my vocals, but I've definitely heard a, uh, a lot of singers saying that they they do always write in a particular key, or they always um, try and make they make melodies in a certain way to to play to their strengths, which is something I'd not really thought about that much. I tend to just sit down and you know mess around on the keyboard and whatever key it's in, it's in, and it sticks with that. But there's no reason we couldn't go back and and tweak things to to play to our, our strengths. So I guess a lot of it is about practice and getting to know your voice a bit more because as much as I like to sing in the shower and <laughs> you know, sing on, sing around the place, I probably haven't done that much. Sat down and really thought about what my strengths are and, and how I should use my voice in the best way. Yeah, I'm, uh, not not enough. I certainly haven't sort of seen it through to its logical conclusion and come up with um come up with answers but i definitely think that is that is a big next step we need to take um because as i said earlier on it affects the songwriting process and uh hopefully with some songs it would just be a simple case of pitching everything up or down a few steps um but in other cases it might require a complete rethink of of the melody or the, the whole song to get the vocals to, to work best with our voices. And I guess the, obviously playing to your strengths is, is good, but improving your strengths or improving your, your weaknesses too is, um, is another thing you can do to give yourself a best chance of sounding good. Um, and that, I guess, leads on to the topic of singing lessons and, mm. uh, and voice coaching and how the hell do we figure out if we if it is worth pursuing our voices or whether we should just not bother <laughs> yeah yeah is it worth it i mean you read you read all sorts of um things online saying that anyone can sing anyone with the right coaching can you know 
or nearly nearly anyone can have you know a half decent voice at the end of it and I think that's probably true um, can we do it in the six months we've got to complete the album <laughs> yeah. especially when we're kind of stuck where we are in lockdown I mean another problem for me is I'm in a in an apartment block and it is not good if you're self-conscious um, <laughs> no at singing knowing that there's, there could be people on the other side of the walls listening in you see even famous vocalists who are kind of swear by still having singing lessons and trying to to refine various uh things so yeah it's uh it's um probably the next thing we need to think about uh is it important and uh should we bother pursuing this so yes probably for the next episode <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, hopefully speak about that in the next episode fingers crossed we will have someone on the line who will be able to answer those questions for us that's the plan so if you listened to our episode a couple of months ago about the mercury music prize uh we said we would uh update you all later on when the winner was announced um so if you don't already know the winner has been announced uh well, about two weeks ago when this, when this episode comes out. And the winner, as expected, was the bookies' favourite, Michael Kiwanuka, with his self-titled third album. Reaction, Rob? <laughs> Live reaction. Uh, well, I already knew, so I can't give you any kind of shock reaction. Not that I would have been shocked because he was the favourite. Um, but... Yeah, I think well, I made my feelings quite clear on the <laughs> podcast that I love Michael Kiranuka. I think he's very talented. I just think that his first two albums are better, in my opinion. But I think he deserved to win the Mercury Music Prize for those. And him being recognised for this album, I'm sure he'll take that. Uh, it's still a good album. Um, it just was a shame he didn't win it for his other ones, but maybe they were stronger years. Um, he was competing against other people I don't know yeah I think um, I think we both kind of respected the album a lot maybe didn't enjoy it as much as some of the others on the list but um, I know a lot of people out there feel differently and really really rate it so well done to him well done Michael and uh, if you want to be a guest vocalist on our album then please do let us know (laughs) having heard what we said about you your latest offering I don't know whether he would go before or after Rick Astley's track. Maybe I could do that. So that's it for this week's episode of the Tune Lighting Podcast. Thanks again to all of you that have listened so far, and especially those who've been listening along for a while now. Uh, thanks ever so much for all the kind messages that various people have sent on email and on social media. Uh, they are really, really appreciated. keeps us going and uh, makes it all worthwhile knowing that are blabbering away is actually uh, <laughs> proving useful to some people um, and yeah we just uh, hope that you continue listening over the next few months as we work towards uh, trying to finish this album if you have any comments questions or uh, just want to write in to say hello then uh, email is tunelighting at musicianshq.com 
Uh, and then you can follow us on social media at June Lighting on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, a few people have sent us uh, bits of music and things like that. So yeah, if you've got like an album coming out yourself or you're releasing some music, then drop us a link and we'll we'll give you a retweet or we'll post it on Instagram. Uh, it's all about sharing the love and uh, yeah, getting other people's music out there as well. So yeah, get in touch and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.